Welcome to Let Me Breathe the Air, a podcast about asthma, allergies, nasal polyps, and AERD, aspirin exacerbated respiratory disease. This podcast is sponsored by the Allergy and Asthma Network. Here are your hosts, Rhonda and Wayne Nelson. Well, hello again, and welcome to episode one of Let Me Breathe the Air. As the big voice said, we are the hosts, but we're also today, we are the guests. Our story is very unique. When we discovered what Rhonda was suffering from, AERD, it was actually called Samter's Triad. This was many years ago. And we've dealt with it on the road, traveling on a tour bus. There are many, many parts to our story, but um, I want to introduce my wife, Rhonda, who is the crux of, the, of today's issue, the uh, star, if you will. So I thought the best way to start this off today would just to uh, share some facts about AERD and, and what it is, because many times when you say that name, uh, people don't, they don't have a clue. So I thought it would be a good idea to share with people a little bit about that before we dive into what it's like living with AERD. You want me to say the four words first so you don't have to? Absolutely. All right. So AERD, it, it, that's its relatively new name. Samter's triad was what we used to call it because there are three major symptoms, but it's the AERD stands for aspirin exacerbated respiratory disease. Um, which is a mouthful. Which is a mouthful and- um, And a noseful. <laughs> becomes a noseful. Essentially, it's an allergic, internal allergic reaction to aspirin and pain relievers, including nasal, which creates nasal polyps, et cetera. So Rhonda's going to elaborate. Right. So again, AERD is diagnosed when there's a triad of sinus disease with polyps, reoccurring nasal polyps, sensitivity to aspirin, which is something that people don't realize, and also um, a sensitivity to uh, other uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories mm -hmm. and asthma. So all three of those components are identified in the patient and that then becomes the AERD uh, diagnosis. An exact cause of this disease is unknown. And um, I will say through the years we've, uh, we've scientists and medical professionals have made great advancements on understanding this disease, but reactions to aspirin, to these uh, anti-inflammatories can be life-threatening. Taking one of those types of uh, medications is a serious issue and it, it creates a life-threatening situation. I guess my part in describing our life to you is how it's unique because of our travels, but it's life-threatening to people that are still and know where their hospital is. When we would pull into a town, sometimes the first thing we would do is find out where the emergency room was, how far away it was, and who would take us there from the front desk of the hotel if an attack occurred. And it's happened five times while we've been on the road where just out of nowhere, something triggered the, the, the severity of the asthma and Rhonda's turning blue in the cab or the car or whatever we're on the way to the emergency room. So like I say, that's just a perspective into what we've dealt with while we've been traveling for, we've dealt with this for over 20 years now. Yeah. yeah. So while it's often thought of as a rare disease, it actually really isn't that rare. 7% of adults with asthma, 15% of adults with severe asthma, and 30% 
of adults with asthma and nasal polyps are ultimately diagnosed with AERG. 30%. 30%. And now again, remember, you have to go back to the triad of the three symptoms, sinus disease with recurrent nasal polyps, sensitivity to aspirin and uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, and asthma. When you say sinus disease, that triggers sinus infections, right? I Correct. Mean, they're, they're not the same thing. Yeah, okay, I'm absolutely. Just making that clear. Um, there's a huge misconception about this disease that once it's diagnosed, if you avoid aspirin and the NSAIDs, which again, those are the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, that you're okay. That that's all you have to do is avoid those things. And that is absolutely not true because from the outside, we patients look perfectly fine. Yep. So someone says, oh, you're allergic to aspirin? Well, just don't take aspirin. Just like you're allergic to peanuts, don't eat peanuts. But it doesn't work that way. And so that brings me to the next kind of little fact about AERD. Without a proper diagnosis, people presenting with these uh, symptoms are often just given repeated courses of antibiotics, oral steroids, they have multiple surgeries, and they go on for years and years and years doing these things over and over and over to no avail. Um, so having a diagnosis is key into being on the road to living your life with this disease well-maintained. We lived with part of that when it was considered to be an allergy way, way back before we found the doctor that, that knew it was Samters. The tests on the back and the tests on the arms and you're allergic to this and this, then, then that'll go away. It's absolutely right they persisted because along with all of the other things that are going on, those little polyps are secreting junk that is going into your lungs and exacerbating the whole situation as well. So it's a, it's just a horrible chain reaction of all these things working together. Um, and without somebody telling you what it is, we went for over two years of no results whatsoever. Allergy tests, none of it was working. And then we happened to bump into an allergist who had just come back from a seminar with Dr. Samter and said, I think you've got this. And sure enough, sure enough, she did. It, it is maddening for patients. And, and I see this a lot in some of the forums that I'm part of. Patients will say, you know, they're just so frustrated because even though there's been great advancement in this disease in treating and maintaining, and it is becoming more and more known and understood um, there still are quite a lot of healthcare professionals out there that, that don't even know what AERD is. And one of the things that you can find on allergyasthmanetwork.org under the AERD section is a little card that just briefly explains what AERD is and that we're allergic to aspirin and we're allergic to NSAIDs. And many, many, many patients find that and print that out and keep it in their wallet. Imagine if you're in a car accident and you can't tell the EMTs or anyone at the emergency room that you're allergic to those types of things. Um, it could be life-threatening. So getting the proper diagnosis is huge. That, that, that just prompted so many bad memories of when we would move somewhere or when we would be at an emergency room. But that card, that information card, that's just a great idea. Yeah, you absolutely. Don't, there, there it is. Just Really? And oddly enough, yeah. in, in some of the um, in some of the forums, there's a, a, a Samters Triad group. Uh, there's several of them on Facebook. And one of them has a, a great 
files section where a lot of information is found. And there's also a form in there, not so much a form as a, as a fact sheet that patients can print out and um, take to their doctors because there are still, there are still physicians out there that mm -hmm. don't truly understand this disease. That takes me into some of the frustrations that we as patients and our caregivers live with. But one of the biggest frustrations that we live with is a lot of these symptoms will present like a cold. You'll be sneezing. Um, you'll, you know, have watery eyes. You'll have a runny nose. But it's maddening because we don't have a cold and we are not contagious. It's really a hard concept for people who don't know what ARD for those around you that see you presenting with those symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I think now, more so now in the current situation we are with COVID, to have those symptoms makes people a little more... They're more um, nervous. More They're nervous. Shying yeah. away from you. Yeah. You know, um, so that that is that is one thing that is, is a big frustration that, that we live with especially if the disease is not well-controlled or well-maintained. <clears throat> the, other, the other thing too that happens, you can't leave home without certain preventatives or certain things that can tame an episode. So there's a little bit extra luggage on your shoulder whenever we go somewhere, obviously. And um, we have a stash on the bus. I carry a USB charged uh, nebulizers now that you can take and, and get instant uh, medicine. I'm sure you probably, you got facts there about well, no, I just, it, you know, that just brought me to, you know, living with, I, I'm going to go back to the frustrations and then we'll touch on that again in a minute. Um, another frustration, because we do appear perfectly fine on the outside, having a chronic illness like this is quite often emotionally and physically draining. You're emotionally drained because people don't understand it and you are not able to, uh, keep up or participate in social engagements and activities. And for the most part, people don't understand why. Um, again, I go back to the, I, I, I know I've said this three or four times, but we appear fine on the outside, but it's harder for us to breathe. It tires us out. It's emotionally draining to us to constantly have to cancel um, invitations or engagements that we've committed to. And I think that that all goes back to just being your own advocate and finding the right healthcare professionals in your area so that you can get a proper diagnosis. And that is the key that unlocks the pathway to living well with AERD. There was an article in Allergy and Asthma Network's uh, magazine. I think it came out last spring, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, I've always said this, and, and we both said this, AERD doesn't really stop us from doing the things we enjoy doing or living our lives the way we want to live and to travel and whatever. It just truly alters the way that we do it. And now that goes back to what you were saying. When we travel, we travel a little bit differently. We have a little bit of extra uh, baggage to carry with us. We carry the, the, nebulizer. the portable nebulizers. We make sure we have all of our 
rescue meds, our inhalers, EpiPen, it's important to do those things. And I will say when I was first diagnosed back in 2001 or 2002, we didn't have portable nebulizers. No, uh, and a little, um, a little side tip for people who are gonna fly, um, they're not expensive at all, but those USB charge things. If you get on a plane and you you suspect that you can go and plug your, you know, your regular um, nebulizer. nebulizer, your electric one that you plug into your wall at home, because the galley in an airplane has has 110, the plugs, they don't have enough amperage to run the thing. So actually, that is a, a false sense of security, um, what you can actually run on a plane. So the, these little guys, you 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 charge them up at home. And they'll go for three, four days of you know regular regular usage. All that gives you a peace of mind that if something does happen, you can keep a, a, an attack at bay until you can get some more help if you need it, or it calms it down, and then you you go on with your life. Like she says, just a little bit of preparation expands your ability to to get out and do stuff. And then of course there's the new the new drugs that are coming out. All that stuff is on the horizon. That's those are the people that ultimately we want to keep talking to over the course of the next year, two years, however long it takes to, to spread this word about um, all this new research. And it's very exciting. We're looking forward to that. By the way, she referenced allergy and asthma today happens to be our, the one, the one that we um, were interviewed for. But this magazine is full of great information, allergyandasthmanetwork.org uh, as a website. Just like she said, the card loaded with information. We'll, we will be talking about that constantly just so that everybody gets that in their mindset to, to have a reference and to know also on top of everything else with that emotional thing, you are not alone. There are forums, there are people talking about it. We're very blessed to have found good people and, and been diagnosed properly early on. And that's another part of this mission is to get word out over and over and over again to people and keep reaching that 30% of people that think they've got one thing and they actually have another. So. Well, that, and, and the other thing that is important to us is just advocating for patients because unfortunately, like many other diseases, uh, the medications to keep this well-maintained are very expensive with insurance and even more so without insurance. Um, there's some great challenges um, with getting insurances to approve some of the medications for AERD patients. Many insurance companies are, you know, requiring that patients do step-down therapy and try this and this and this and this, when ultimately their physician knows the drug over here would be the one. It's become kind of a mission for Wayne and I to hopefully make a change in that situation. It's also very important that we get the word out there as much as we possibly can, because again, without a proper diagnosis, you can't get the disease to a well-maintained status. It is absolutely possible, and it's absolutely possible to feel good and to be on minimal medications, but the key is having the proper diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, it's really important for people to know it's um, and it's important to share podcasts like this one and information like you will find on Allergy Asthma Network's website 
it's important to share that information with your friends and your family because again, it's not well understood. Just to say I'm allergic to aller or I'm allergic to aspirin and I'm allergic to anti-inflammatories. Again, it's like saying I'm allergic to peanuts and they're gonna say, well, then don't eat peanuts. I think it's it's really important that we share with our family and our friends um, what this disease is really all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so while this podcast, Let Me Breathe the Air, is um, about all kinds of allergy and asthma issues. This first episode is about what affects us, direct, me directly and him indirectly, AERD. So again, it is aspirin exacerbated respiratory disease. disease. Yes, it is a mouthful for sure. It is a mouthful. Uh, just the word exacerbated. Who knows who, who uses that word? Aspirin right. exacerbated respiratory disease. Who can spell it? No. Well, I did win the spelling bee. I can I can spell it, but the thing is, it's a respiratory disease. It's as it's 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 an asthmatic condition that's triggered by other things in your body and or or other things that you people take for granted. That's the thing that was triggering Rhonda at three thirty in the morning. We could set our clocks to the fact that she would start sneezing, and it was because of Tylenol. Tylenol PM. Tylenol PM. We were taking that to go to sleep because the night before had been so horrific. Take that 3.30 in the morning, boom, she's up, she's sneezing and awake for five hours and she's exhausted the next day. And it's this rolling, uh, rolling energy drain. Uh, and again, misdiagnosed, it can go on for years and years and years. It, the diagnosis is so important. And if you're not getting any relief from one diagnosis, um, keep looking. But I, I do want to make, um, especially because you brought up Tylenol, technically AERD patients should be able to tolerate Tylenol. Um, however, it has been found that some AERD patients can't. Um, so that is a little, um, that's a little, you know, gray area, I guess you would mm. say. Yep. Um, because some patients can't take it. In my case, I can't, I couldn't tolerate Tylenol PM, but I can take a regular Tylenol cautiously. And the other thing that I want to point out, um, like many other diseases, there is not just one protocol for treatment. Um, it, it takes working with your physicians to figure out the right, um, for lack of better terminology, cocktail of medications that will keep your disease under control and well-maintained. But I will, I will be the first to say where I would have flare-ups and asthma attacks and, you know, literally gasping probably three to five times a week in the very beginning. Um, we're down to now, I don't know. Once or twice a month. Once maybe. or twice a month, maybe at this point. Now, mind you, we're talking 2001 to 2021, and it has been um, definitely a roller coaster. However, I do want people to understand that it is possible to have your disease well-maintained. It, it's so easy to wanna just give up hope and feel like I, I'm, you know, I'm gonna be like this forever. Um, we'll always have the disease until a cure is found, but 
we are able to, there's been great strides um, with medications and it just goes back to finding the right physicians. I will tell you that in some of the forums on uh, Facebook, some of the groups, and I believe also on Allergy and Asthma Network's website under the AERD section, there are lists of doctors all over the country um, and, and a few in other countries that you know, are, are very familiar or specialize in AERD. So it's a, it's a great resource and, and a great start to finding the diagnosis if yeah. you haven't already done so. So as we close out this first episode of Let Me Breathe the Air, I'm going to share. It wasn't funny then, but it sure as heck is funny now. We were on the road. Um, we were in Oregon. And <laughs> I love that one. That one's funny. That one's funny. I, I was I was at that point, I would say I, I was marginally maintained. I had I think I had finished around a prednisone, I don't know, a few weeks before we were in Oregon. And um, a flare was was coming on. I, I could just, I could feel it. Those of you patients out there, you probably know exactly what I mean. But anyway, we were getting ready to go to the venue where Wayne was playing and uh, we were going for sound check. And they called and said they were sending over a limo. To, and and trust me, that is not the norm. That absolutely is not the, normally the way, normally the way it happens. But uh, you know, you, what do you say? Oh, thank you very much. And and the car will be there in a few minutes. Great, thank you. So we go down, and here is this 1990s gold stretch limo, and and it was a husband and wife were they were driving and they were the sweetest people ever and so appreciate it. And it was quite a while. It was, it was about 20 minutes to the venue ish. At least it felt like it, maybe it was shorter, but nevertheless, at one point I just looked over to Wayne and I said, you got to ask them to find the hospital. I, I, um, this is, I'm, you know, I could literally feel my throat closing up and from the front, they, they, they had the first, first reaction was you're not serious. Right. I said, yeah, we're serious there. We've got, there's a breathing issue. We need to go to the ER like right now. I'll, forget sound check, forget concert, forget it all. This is this, when it hits, it's life or death. So we need the emergency room. So we <laughs> in Medford, Oregon, we pull up in, into this. It was, it was, they did a great job and whatever. They were fantastic, but it was a very small hospital downtown. Yeah. <laughs> but here we pull in. The ER, the entrance to the ER wasn't wide enough for this limo to make the turn. They, they bumped over the curb and kind of rolled up to the thing. And out we get to this gold limousine. Gold at the, limousine at the, ER. at the ER. And, you know, everybody in the ER is like, what's going on? Who are these people? And, but fast forward to the ER staff was great. We got everything calmed down and Wayne actually went on to the concert. Some friends came and stayed with me at the hospital and the three of us were actually able, we made it for the end of the show actually. So it was, um, it, it all turned out fine. And like I said, it wasn't funny then, but it was kind of funny pulling up to the ER in a in a limousine. Yeah, so. the look the look on the people in the ER was 
was priceless. Yes. So to all of the AERD patients, if you're looking for more resources, uh, please go to their website, allergyasthmanetwork.org. For those of you who think you may have AERD, I encourage you to uh, just keep advocating for yourself and keep finding the right doctor or doctors that can get your disease under control. And to those out there who have AERD, please share lots of information with your friends and family. The more voices that spread the word, the more AERD is understood. We want to thank you all for joining us. We hope you found this inspiring. We hope you have found this informative. And we hope you'll join us for more episodes of Let Me Breathe the Air. And we wanna thank Allergy Asthma Network for sponsoring this and for all the work that they do for patients and in the allergy asthma realm. Um, they are so instrumental in things happening on Capitol Hill, patient advocacy, um, treatments, uh, letting our voices be heard with insurance issues and pharmaceutical companies. Their scope of what they do is huge. Mm -hmm. They are truly an amazing organization. So again, allergyasthmanetwork.org. AAN, that's what I, if you do AAN, it'll come up. So we'll thanks for tuning you. in. And we'll see you next time. Absolutely. More to come. Take care.